C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood. Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats, and this is my radio voice. And I'm Maddie Ergie, Resident Youth, as I'm sneezing into the phone, into the mic while we're doing our intro. So professional. Hot Mess Express. Um... We are going to do a very special thing. This is a short episode, by the way, Mm -hmm. which you probably saw, but we're doing something very special. Um, But to kick us off, Shay, what is your millennial moment? Putting you right on the spot. Is my millennial? I didn't realize we were going to do a millennial moment today, so I was not. You have a life update. You can skip. Um, I mean, I think my. My millennial moment kind of relates to our topic for today, so I kind of you can save it. Want to go second? Yeah, you can. Okay, you can save you it. You go first, um, Mine is well. Today I texted Shay this, and I was very excited to find out that John Mayer is on Clubhouse, the app that Shay was talking about in one of the previous episodes, and he only has six thousand followers. And he's not, like, restricted or any, like, there's no, like, special designation for famous people on Clubhouse. So I'm, like, I might just, like, start a room and just invite him and see if he comes, you know? Like, this could be my in. I'm very excited. How do you know if he's the real John Mayer? He is. It's definitely him. It's definitely him. He, I was also reading, like, an article and stuff. And they were, like, oh, here's all the celebrities that are, like, on Clubhouse. Like, Oprah's on Clubhouse. I don't know how mm. active she is. But, like, they have a fair amount of celebs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll keep yeah. our listeners posted on that. Yeah, you know I love the clubhouse, but I I'm really struggling to actually ever find an hour to like join a room and listen. Yeah, it's true. We're all I'm a busy. bad multitasker, which goes into our maybe your millennial moment and our topic of the day. No yeah, time to do so anything. I, I think we were just talking, you know, about the topic that I'll say in our special special event that we're doing. Um. I, you know, have a lot on my plate, all self-invited, and sometimes I feel like I don't have a lot of time, and I think that can sometimes lead me to feelings of burnout, and because of this, you know, we've seen this term burnout come up more and more and more often all the time, and Maddie and I were like, you know what? We need to dedicate some episodes to this, and we thought, what better way to do it than by having a book club, which is something we've talked about doing many times, but 2021, it will be the year of the Camp Adulthood Book Club, because what's better than having your favorite book around a toasty campfire and chatting about it with friends? Um, So we are going to be focusing on two books that are about burnout, um, and we're going to start with the book Can't Even by Anne Helen Peterson, which is subtitled How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation. I'm going to get in trouble because I'm trying to read this off my second screen and I'm not talking. I have the the book in front of me, so maybe. Oh, do you want me to read it? The second book we'll talk about is Burnout 
The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by sisters Amelia and Emily Nagoski. So, um, Maddie, do you want to talk a little bit more about the first book on our agenda, Can't Even? Yes. So this is the one we're focusing on now. And then the other one that's titled Burnout that Shay just said, we'll do that in a future one. And we'll do other little mini episodes like this announcing the new book club. So don't worry. You won't have to remember all of that. And we have other books, too. I'm really excited. We got you. But the first one, um, like Shay said, and... Helen Peterson, you might remember her from the BuzzFeed article, which she actually, that was the basis for this book, and she expanded the findings of that article into this book. So we can link to that. We've talked about it in future, in uh, past episodes. But I'll read a little bit off the dust jacket. And before I do that, I'm just very much laughing and in awe of Anne Helen Peterson because she has her PhD from the University of Texas at Austin, and she has her PhD in history. Guess what she wrote her dissertation on? Oh, I don't know. The history of celebrity gossip. Oh. I've never heard anything so exciting in my life. I'm this so is, I'm, into it. How old is this woman? She She's looks... like 12. No, she looks, I would say, between 40 and 45. I'm going to look her up. She's going to look her up. Now. I will read the dust jacket. Um, so you guys can see, and Shay and I are going to be, we have not read this book. We're going to be reading it real time. Um, and we encourage people, we'll probably set the date for the podcast that we're going to record a deeper dive into the book once we've both read it. And so we encourage you to DM us, um, send us email questions, your thoughts, your hot takes on the book as you're reading it. If we have a lot of interest, maybe we can even do like a live Zoom thing. That could be cool. I'm just telling Shay that now because it just popped into my brain, but we'll see. Um, So this says, an incendiary examination of millennial burnout, the cultural shifts that brought us there, the pressures that sustain it, and the need for drastic change. Do you feel like your life is an endless to-do list? Do you find yourself mindlessly scrolling through Instagram because you're too exhausted to pick up a book? Are you mired in debt or feel as if you work all the time or feel pressure to take whatever gives you joy and turn it into a monetizable hustle? Welcome to burnout culture. While burnout may seem like the default setting for the modern era, in this book, BuzzFeed culture writer and former academic Anne Helen Peterson argues that burnout is a definitional condition of the millennial generation, born out of distrust in the institution that has failed them, the unrealistic expectations of the modern workplace, and a sharp uptick in anxiety and hopelessness, exacerbated by the constant pressure to perform their lives online. It goes beyond the original article and looks at higher order things like unchecked capitalism and changing labor laws and looks to, looks at the phenomenon through a variety of lenses including including how burnout affects the way people work parent and socialize so i think that's very interesting so this book kind of focuses more on i think high level sociological things the other book which we'll preface that when it's time to read that one is more i think in the self-help vein of how to eliminate burnout in your own life. So we thought these would be good kind of companion pieces. Yes. First of all, Anne Helen Peterson is 39 years old, so she is a millennial herself. Okay. So I was and a little I hope bit much people don't look 45. at me and say you look like you're 40 to 50 years old. No, I said between 40 and 45, so maybe I aged her a little bit, but I was not yeah. that far off. <laughs> um, so Maddie, what are your thoughts about burnout as a younger or regular millennial? 
You know, I talk about this, I go back and forth. I definitely think that, and this will be interesting to go back once we've read this book and the other book, I think the, like, clinical burnout, which Anne Helen Peterson has talked about in the article and stuff, like, that I think is a bit much, and we've talked about that in previous episodes of, like, you say burnout, but you really mean either a serious underlying mental health disorder or just, like something else going on. It's just like a catch-all. So that I don't love about kind of the whole burnout culture. It's a little bit like marketing and a little bit like escapism. Mm -hmm. It overshadows real mental health issues and it also gives people an excuse to just like be shitty and flaky, which I don't love. But Mm -hmm. why I'm really interested in reading this book is the overarching societal implications of this. And I talked to boomers and my parents about this a lot where it's like you don't realize how much the student debt and the fact that wages are stagnating and labor unions are a thing of the past has really affected how people work and how they live and the fact that like I'm saving for retirement. I have a 401k, but I don't I don't realistically think there will be a point in time when I can just be like, well, I've worked for 30 years and now I'm just going to like put my feet up and do nothing. And <laughs> like housing prices have gone so much, have gone up so much and stuff. And I talk to older people about this and they're like, well, in the 70s, we had uber inflation. Like my dad always talks about this. The first mortgage he ever got had a 10% interest rate. That's like obscene to give people mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. you know, interest rates right now, you can get a mortgage between two and 4% probably if you have decent credit, right? So like, that's insane. That was, you know, he wasn't making a lot of money right out of college. He had student debt also in the 80s. And he took out a mortgage that was 10%. So like, there are these things that, you know, we're not facing right now. Um, But I do think because more people are getting college education, like everything is just more competitive. And so you have to do more to get ahead. Um, and there's all these competing things on your time. Everyone's online. Like you were just saying, and we've talked about on this podcast too, like working on a screen, always trying to be on all of this stuff, like not normalizing, taking vacations. Like I can't even think about like in the like 60s through the 80s, taking a vacation and like you didn't have a cell phone with you. Like you mm-hmm. could physically not take a work call. You couldn't answer a Slack. You couldn't answer a text. So I think those things are real. So, like, Mm -hmm. on a societal level, I think it's very real. On a personal level, I'm, like, it's very individual, and some people overuse the term. So that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. No, I, Maddie, I think you hit spot on a lot of things that I want, uh, I wanted to say, because, you know, I think to some extent, I am always struggling in my own life with, okay, am I you know, what's going on here, right? What is the balance? Am I, am I trying to work beyond my capacity or am I just being a wimpy baby? I'm also an Enneagram nine. And if you're an Enneagram nerd like me, you know that, you know, nines can really nosedive into burnout. So I'm like, do I just need to like be better? Right. But I think all of that's also, um, signs of being burned out, but when I have, it's so hard for me to even say this because I'm like, I want to be respectful of people who are feeling this and are identifying as having this clinical burnout. But there's a part of me that's like, wow, 
aren't you privileged to be able to say like I'm yeah. burned out? Like, you know, yeah. I, I just think of like so to be able to pers- stop working or be yes. like, I can take a break. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it, it makes me very, it, it makes me kind of up, not upset, but I'm like, what, what are we really, t- again, what are we really talking about here? And are you truly burned out from what you've been doing? Or is this feeling of burnout exacerbated by underlying mental health conditions that maybe we're only just now identifying, right? Because in the 60s to the 80s, we didn't really talk about mental health. We didn't really have things. Um, we didn't talk about depression and anxiety and PTSD and all of these things in the same way that we do now in 2021. So maybe burnout is just the reality of these things coming to the surface and kind of how some of these, again, clinical conditions play out. Um, because I don't know. I, I get annoyed sometimes when I feel like I'm working my ass off and then I see a, a colleague or a peer being like, well, I'm burned out. So I'm just going to like not work for a couple weeks. Um, and I see this a lot, I think, as an entrepreneur and as someone who, you know, kind of plays in some of these entrepreneur thought leader um, circles. I'm like, oh, my God, how how privileged are you, right? Not only again, to be able to, to be an entrepreneur and support yourself through your work, which I know is hard work, but to then just be like, I'm burned out. But then I, you know, again, here now, we're just listening to Shay spiral. No, Um, I think it makes sense. And it's like, I think what you said about, we're just starting to identify some of these problems. And sometimes they manifest themselves in different ways. Like I think about the quintessential like Wall Street bro in the 80s who would burn out on coke. It's like people aren't doing that anymore, but that's an element of burnt out, burnout. Like you're working 100 hour weeks and you have to do drugs to stay afloat and then you literally fall on your face and you can't do anything and you're just like catatonic. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's taking a different form of like, well, I can't look at another screen. I can't do this, you know? Yeah. It's interesting to think well, about it. Exactly. And, and, you know, I just wonder, you know, what you know, what am I doing in my own life and in my own circles that are contributing to these problems? And what can I do better? Um, yeah, that's why I'm but, interested yeah, in I, reading I'm really hoping that, that this, this book kind of changes my, you know, pessimistic outlook on burnout. I want to be able to say to people who say that, like, yeah, that's a real thing. And you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, well, I think but that's I'm why also... it's so good to read them together, too, to get like mm-hmm. the high level and then maybe in the other book, some tactics on like what you can do yourself to like prevent these things. Yes, exactly. And I'm really hoping that throughout the course of both of these books, it's, you know, I think, again, we've talked about this before, the whole culture of self-care that is so prevalent right now. And again, self-care is a hugely privileged um, luxury. Yeah, it's also a great marketing term. Great marketing term. Whoever came up with that should, um, probably does have millions of dollars. Um, but yeah, I, I think thinking about that, um, yeah, you know, what can we do without dropping the ball, right? There right. has to be something, but we have to be able to stop this in our tracks where nobody feels like, oh, I just, I've got to take a month off of work because I'm sober. How do we not get to that point? Yeah. Um, and what is the balance between societal and group responsibility and individual responsibility. That's what I'm really interested in this book too. Like what is an outside factor that the individual should not put pressure on themselves to change? And then what comes down to 
you are a person with agency and choice and just throwing your hands up and throwing caution to the wind and not being accountable to the things that you say that you're going to do, that's not acceptable, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm really excited to read these books. I'm going to order them for myself um, as soon as I'm off this call. And like we said, we're starting with Can't Even and Helen Peterson. So we'll post on the social media and stuff. And please email us hello at campadulthood.com and DM us at camp underscore adulthood if you have any hot takes as you're reading the books. We'll probably have like the deep dive episode on this book maybe in a month six weeks time I don't know we'll commute we'll figure it out we'll see how long it takes Shay and I to read it but yeah um send us your thoughts as you're reading it and then if there is a lot of interest we can see if we want to do more of a, a community thing or even get snippets from people that have read the book that have strong feelings on it um mm-hmm. but we really hope this opens the dialogue makes it a little bit more interactive um, gives you a little bit more of a basis for what we're talking about um, and challenges us to think about things a little bit deeper, too. Yeah. So I'm excited. I love that, Maddie. Maddie, I think also I'll probably pop these up on my bookshop.org page. Um, yes. If you guys don't know Bookshop, it is an amazing uh, alternative to Amazon for books. And yes, it's so um, great. They- yeah, it's so great. They've donated like $11 million yeah. to independent bookstores. And it's not more um, expensive you... or slower than Amazon. I like to throw no. that out there too. Exactly. And if you buy from my page, I will get like 10 cents. And maybe <laughs> if I get enough 10 cents, when Maddie comes to visit this summer, I can buy her one beer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is really all a ploy to get me beers. Thank you. One beer. It's only 10 cents. <laughs> yes. beer. Craft beers are kind of expensive. Yes. Here. Love that. All right. Well, I love this shorty little episode, just giving you guys a little taste. But thanks, campers. Awesome, campers. We love you, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yerge, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at camp.